This is Wayne Goldsmith, and welcome to Sports Thoughts. I've spent 25 years traveling the world, working with some of the world's best athletes, coaches, and teams, trying to discover what it is that they do, how they think, and what it takes to be the best in sport. Subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com to keep up to date with my thoughts on sport. Okay, welcome to Wayne's World. It's Wayne's World with Wayne Goldsmith. WGCoaching.com is his website. Uh, Wayne Goldsmith is the man. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning, Piney. I can tell you the biggest story, sports story in Australia for the year would be the day that we score a try against the All Blacks. That would be a huge story. <laughs> that would um, be massive. Well, maybe that will come in 2019. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> let's get on to our topic for today, which is a really interesting one for me, and that's the, the relationship, uh, or not so much the relationship, but the, the lessons that can be learned between either sides of the sport and business sectors. Um, before we sort of drill down a little bit, what are the um, what are the big general lessons that business and sport can learn from one another? Well, it's an interesting one. It's sort of this topic came to my pointy after a couple of weeks ago. I, I was uh, keynote speaker at the National Rugby League Coaches Conference here, and two days later, I got asked to talk to the coaches of the Commonwealth Bank. And in the briefing, they talk. They said, well, coaching in the Commonwealth Bank, what do you guys actually do with coaching in the Commonwealth Bank? And they, they talked about how they use terminology like teams and how they build effective teams and how they make decisions quickly and how they want people to perform to their potential. And, and I thought, you guys are using exactly the same language that we use if we were putting together a team of people that come up with a solution on how to win a grand final, how to put a a great season together. So a lot of the terminology and the concepts around performance, potential, decision-making, team development, all those things are very, very consistent, even though obviously the contexts are very different. So let's look at leadership then across sport and across business. There must be, I'm sure, qualities that, that the great leaders in sport and the great leaders in business share. Well, they do. And going back just specifically to the bank, but having done some work with some other corporates over the year, they're very much moved. They've really moved in our direction, if you like. I think we used to look at the corporates and what they were doing, and the assumption was, okay, well, there's a lot more money involved, and uh, they're an oil company or a telecommunications company, and clearly their understanding of management and leadership structures would be better than ours. They've actually come back to our way of thinking. There was a there's been a common theme in the corporates I've worked with this year around the leader as servant, where the leader the leader is not leading by uh, being a great speaker or by writing great reports. That the corporates have very much moved to a model where the leader is someone who is in their part of the team, and they're more around the guidance, inspiration, uh, maybe helping to set some overall targets and objectives. But they're very much around leadership through service by working with people and helping people to unleash their their potential and their capacity. It is quite fascinating because the All Blacks and a lot of the great teams that I've worked with over the last 10, 20 years, they adopted that model a long time ago and it's great to see that maybe finally sports a little bit ahead in that area. 
If there, um, or is there rather, a uh, a connection or any anecdotal or, or actual evidence of of great sports people, coaches or athletes, going on to become great business leaders? There is and there isn't. That there, quite often what will happen in the transition process when they retire from sports, John Eels is, is a good example here, of course, it's people like Steve Waugh, because of their success in the sporting field, their leadership, their, their prominence, they're very desirable by companies to snap them up, not just because of their potential of their leadership to impact on the organisation, but also they, they become somebody who might enhance their brand, who can be a media spokesperson or they can get involved in advertising. The, the challenge is, of course, is that you can't go and impose a cricket team, a rugby team, or an Olympic program philosophy immediately in a real estate business or in the corporate world, telecommunications, whatever company it is. The bottom line is they go in with maybe the raw material of understanding what it is to be a leader, but then they've got to invest in themselves and continue to grow and learn as leaders because I've seen just as many people, Piney, that have been given a transition from being an elite AFL player into a, a, an organisation, into a, a business or into a large corporation, and they haven't survived. They haven't gone on and been able to apply their knowledge of leadership and team development and excellence and so on within the corporate environment. Some do it very, very well. Some of them actually create their own businesses and build on that and build on their name. So Look, there are some very good success stories, but I think the bottom line is that they've got to go in and continue to learn to lead and really adapt to that new environment. I was talking to uh, someone over this side of the ditch who, who deals with elite sports people and, and helps them transition into life after sport. And that's a topic I know which is of great interest to you and you and I have talked about it. And she told me that, that a number of the athletes she deals with don't think that they have anything to offer the business world. They don't see how the skills that they bring to the sporting realm can transfer across. And she spends a lot of time convincing them that actually they do have have uh, transferable skills, not just around leadership, but around commitment, around uh, being part of a team, that sort of thing. Do you think some sports people just don't realise that there is uh, you know, a, a possibility for them beyond their careers to become part of the business world? Oh, absolutely. Point. That's, a, that's a great point. That I was talking to a young swimmer not that long ago. They just retired in their mid-20s. And they, they were moved into a, a corporate environment. They said they were feeling a bit intimidated. And I said, you've got a PhD in swimming. And I'm a bit, <laughs> bit uh, puzzled. And they said, wait a minute. I said, you've spent six hours a day for 10 years studying, not just how to go up and down a pool. You spent six hours a day learning how to work with other people, learning to push yourself to levels that you didn't think were possible, learning how to deal with pain and adversity and setbacks learning how to, to listen to the instructions of someone and carry them out methodically. You've learned how to, to test yourself at, 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 at specific times and meet deadlines. You've learned that there's so many... You've got a PhD in swimming. You've already got a wider skill base than someone who's maybe gone to university and become a great expert in you know, cat physiology or something and just happens to have had the, name, the letters after their name. Once you can get them to understand that they've got... I mean, look at a rugby player. A rugby player has learned how to deal with pressure, how to work with people, how to inspire people, how to deal with setbacks, um, how, how to maybe be a leader, how to deal with media. The skill range that they've got makes them infinitely employable if they believe it and we can convince the, the corporate world that they are. And I know that 
there's a lot of those those programs in place. But you know, you've got somebody like that, and and their boss says, oh, "I need that report by next Wednesday." You're going to have to do a bit of extra work. It's not a problem to them. There's nothing they're going to face in the corporate world that they can't already deal with and overcome because that's what they've done. So the athletes have got to realise just how much they've got to offer. On the flip side, though, not all um, qualities and lessons are transferable, are there? I mean, after all, sport is just sport. It's not, it's not real life, uh, if I can draw a very long bow, Wayne. Well, that's true, Piney. I think that when athletes walk away, I wrote an article a long time ago called The Last Race. And for some people, they, they, the context of the article was it was a, a swimmer that I knew that retired. And I said, what did it feel like to race for the last time? And they said, I feel like I still had so much to give. I, I, I don't feel at peace. I feel that it's the wrong decision to go. And I, I was really puzzling about how they felt. And I've spoken to a lot of athletes since. I think some of it comes back to when they pull on the boots for the last time, when they get out of the pool for the last time, when they've done the last lap as a competitor, how do they feel about that? Some of them can walk away piney and go, that'll do me. I've had enough. Uh, a friend of mine's an Olympic silver medalist in triathlon, has no interest in sport, no interest in business, is the most wonderful mother, member of the community, uh, most positive person, helps out at school, the most humble human being you've ever seen. And she often refers to her old life. It's another life. I don't connect to that. And I've seen other people carry the frustration of not moving past this sport life and almost try to recreate it in other areas for the next 10, 15 years and just continually be frustrated. And it's an important discussion. I think that's why some of these transition programs that have popped up in sport around the world and definitely Australia and New Zealand are very important to ask that question. Well, how do you feel? How do you look at your sporting career? How do you, what do you, what do you want to do next? And you'll get a whole range of, of answers from that. Some people are defined by the sport they do, and some people, because of who they are, define the sport. Something which is gaining popularity, or, or probably has been for quite some time, are business coaches. Um, how are they similar and different from sports coaches? Yes, that's a, that's a very favourite topic of mine at the moment because I've met some that are, uh, are, are generally two-day coaching course, uh, coach experts and everything's third-party. You know, they, they was, I saw one operating uh, earlier in the year, Piney, who would, would instead of saying this is, this is how to connect with the human beings or listening to the other person or trying to inspire them or ask them what they want, just kept throwing slogans and quotes at them and Gandhi principles and a whole bunch of stuff that they'd read about because they didn't really... There's some really shoddy ones out there, but there are also some very, very good ones. And I, I, look, I think if anyone's interested in coaching and they're interested in business and you want to get into this area, find a great business coaching school, find a great business mentor, develop the skills because I honestly believe from what I've seen recently particularly, I honestly believe that the role of business coaches embedded within organisations is only going to get stronger. There's a very popular business model called Scrum, and it's all about nothing to do with rugby, but it's very much about agile thinking and, and learning how to think as an integrated team and how to come up with uh, focused solutions. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating concept, been around for a while, and what I'm seeing is a lot of organisations are hiring coaches 
to work within that environment to help people work to their potential. It's going to be a great, great industry, but make sure you get someone who really gets coaching. Fascinating topic, Wayne. As always, I love our chats. Thanks for uh, taking the time. We'll uh, do it again for the last time in 2018 next Wednesday. No worries at all, mate. I'm just going back to my third coffee of the morning, so it's going to be a great day. Ah, <laughs> you beauty. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.